The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, where we watch and you guessed it, commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. I'm your host and play-by-play commentator, Jamie Apps, and each week I'm joined by a rotating cast of colour commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week, as we celebrate the new year, we have a very special episode taking a look back at the best and worst of 2023 as we give out our inaugural Treats or Trash Awards from the Commentary Booth. To celebrate, I am joined by an Impact Fee technician who lists their favourite movie as A Nightmare on Elm Street and favourite TV show as Golden Girls. Welcome to this special episode, Karina Maybe. Hello. Woohoo. So happy that I got invited to this pristine ceremony and episode. I'm sorry I saw your quote-unquote formal attire message and just told you to blatantly get fucked because... <laughs> It's very rude. Very rude. That's cool. Since we were supposed to record this at like 5 a.m. my time originally, I was like, that's definitely not fucking happening. So Just because you're incredibly rude. Uh, and it's because I was com- incredibly tired. I'm still incredibly tired, so I still have my excuses. Mm-hmm. So this is our first ever Treats or Trash Awards episode, highlighting the best and worst of the, the year that was. But I think the cool thing about this episode and these awards is these aren't just purely awards that we've decided on. We've each of us put in our nominations and then we opened up the voting to everyone that's been on the show so far in 2023 and also to a general public vote. And we've come up with some a nice mixture of some fun, silly awards and some very serious awards as well. So we'll probably dive into this one and we'll sort of go through the nominees maybe give a little spiel on one or two as we go along and then announce the winners how does that sound i'm fine with that i have not looked i i just now recently looked up the latest uh update on our on our bracket and um i i'm not disappointed in in some of the ones that are have been added to this Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah Okay, so we'll we'll dive in with a somewhat silly award to begin with. This award is Call in the Robots. Yes. This is for the movie or TV show that would have been better with AI assistance. And the nominees are Super X, Transformers Rise of the Beasts, The Pope's Exorcist, The Exorcist Believer, Insidious the Red Door, and John Wick Chapter. Are any in that list that you want to sort of give a little speech about? Did you say John Wick Chapter 2 or Chapter 4? Because we are in Chapter 4. I said Chapter 4, didn't I? I heard 2, but it could have just been that it cut out. Regardless, anyway, I'm just trying to call you out on shit. What was the question now? <laughs> because Do you want to say anything about any of the, the nominees before we award the winner? I have not seen Transformers or Saw X, but judging from the fact that you're the one who submitted and nominated those, I'm not going to question it because I... I saw trailers for both and thought they were atrocious. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into too much detail about The Exorcist because that movie just sends me into an entire tangent. 
of anger. <laughs> um, and that is why that made it onto my list of shit <laughs> for needing AI. <laughs> yeah, not the, not the greatest list for uh, exorcists in 2023. No, not at all. We, we had some stumbles and fumbles. And um, yeah, sometimes, the, honestly, robots probably would have been better with certain things. Yeah, like I think AI creation is obviously not great, but some of these movies were not great. So I think any assistance they could have got would have helped. And the award after our voting went to Transformers Rise of the Beasts in pretty unanimous fashion. <laughs> I, I believe that fullheartedly. <laughs> So Transformers Rise of the Beasts earned 62.5% of the vote, with The Pope's Exorcist coming in second. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I wish I had watched the movie before I was. Uh, I decided to put in my nominations, but I just watched the Indiana Jones movie, and like more than half of that film felt like watching AI, and I was like, I, they should have probably just done it with the whole fucking movie. So had I had time, I probably would have altered my vote, honestly, because that was pretty fucking bad. Yeah, like the Transformers movie, it wasn't horrible. It was definitely better than the last couple of Michael Bay iterations of the franchise. But the ending just totally let it down. It went crazy, wacky. I was like, oh, this isn't, no. We could have run this ending through AI two or three times and got something a little bit more coherent. Damn. Yeah, I. that's... That's not good. So then our, our next award keeps scrolling, 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 scrolling. Oh, my God. You say I'm bad with things. No, you don't. Never mind. That's fine. Keep, keep talking, talking, talking. That's cool. <laughs> so this award is for the best streaming platform for scrolling without ever actually watching anything. Yes. The nominees for this category were Netflix, YouTube, Prime Video, Hulu, Paramount, Binge and Stan. Do you want to chat about any in particular and why you nominated specific ones? So I have a love-hate relationship with Prime. Um, my love is that I do not pay for Prime. So I'm glad I don't have to do that because there are some great things that I stumble across, but I could spend hours upon hours scrolling Prime and never watching anything. And that happened to me the other day. And then I ended up switching over to, to Max instead. And my other problem with, with Prime is that there's so many like really old movies on there. And some of them aren't even free. Like they still want to charge you for like super old movies. So mm -hmm. I feel like I could just scroll for endless amounts of time on that fucking app. Yeah, I think the main problem with Prime is like it's not just stuff that is exclusive to Prime. Like they have that mixture of, oh, they'll offer you up like Super Mario or even something like Indiana Jones. Yes. But their purchases on Prime, where if you just went to one of the other platforms, it would be available freely. And then because of that, it just feels like there's endless things to scroll through. It's so bad. I don't think their curation and categorization of things isn't the best either. It makes it a little bit difficult to find. Yeah. And then like now they've even added like sporting events too. So it's just like adding upon adding to all the shenanigans and i'm just like there's only so many things i can scroll through before i'm just like oh my god is this ever gonna end like this list is insane yeah the, the ui isn't great so a couple of the others that i nominated were youtube just because it is one that will suck you into a rabbit hole very quickly 
you'll be scrolling and then if you pause on something it like auto plays the first like 10 or 15 seconds of it and then because you've technically watched the opening of that video it will then offer you more videos like that and you're scrolling it's like i'm just i'm endlessly scrolling trying to find one thing and yeah never actually watching anything fully and then another one that i nominated was just one that is just it's fun to scroll i don't ever actually want to watch anything on there and that's tubi i love tubi i just like scrolling through to see the weird ridiculous movies that are there and like looking at the posters and not actually wanting to watch any of them i was gonna say i feel like we had that conversation one night where we were just like what should we watch for movie night and then we were just going through the most ridiculous movies that were on tubi and i was like this is getting added to the list of like absolute terrible trash movies I have to watch in my life. And the fact that it's free is why I have such a love for Tubi because I don't have to feel guilty about turning something on for 10 minutes and it being complete trash and feeling like I wasted my money for a subscription. Uh, and then yeah, Netflix is another big one where it's just so many things on there just to, to scroll through now, which some of it's good, some of it's bad, lots of foreign language stuff. So if you're not like into that, that makes it also difficult to find something to watch. Yeah, I've actually noticed that Netflix has added a ton of foreign films and like series and stuff, like more than there's ever been before. And I don't know if it's just because it's gained popularity now in like multiple locations or whatever have you. I think just because they had like a couple of like major hits, like Squid Game blew up and became ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, that series Dark, the German series, it blew up and got really big as well. And I think they've they've probably struck on a couple of those being like, oh, these went really well. Mm -hmm. We can pick up a bunch of these other random foreign movies relatively cheaply in comparison to, say, like a movie like Red Notice, which had a stacked cast and was produced in America. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll pick up half a dozen foreign movies for the price of one American movie. That makes sense. <laughs> And then they can just be like, look at all the value. Look at all of the stuff we're giving you for the increased price each month. Yeah. <laughs> but the winner on our voting for this one, Prime Video. Yes. Which I think won in also a bit of a landslide. Yes, it did. It got 50% of the votes with Netflix coming in second with 25 yeah, glad I'm not alone in that like whole thought process either because I really thought I was one of the only people that actually just randomly scrolled through Prime for no fucking reason. Yeah, I've found if I'm going to Prime, I'm going with an intent to watch a specific thing and then I don't necessarily scroll. I just go straight to the search. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I should probably adopt. <laughs> just because the, the, UI, the UI is not great and it's like, I, I know what I'm looking for yeah. and I know like roughly where it should be, but it's not there. So I'm just, I give up. Let's just search. That's my one. Okay. So now our very first sort of much more serious award, the best streaming platform. The nominees were Apple TV plus Disney plus Netflix, Max prime video. Still got to mention here, <laughs> crunchy and binge. I'm really impressed that that Crunchyroll is nominated because that is not for everybody, but it is consistent and there's a ton of shit on it. Yep. Yeah. Thank uh, Brendan for that nominee. Brendan White. Yeah. More than hentai podcast. Of course he was going to nominate the anime streaming service. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, I am. Um, I really like the fact that that got on there. Cause I love, I love Crunchyroll. We utilize it for fucking everything around here. Um, but yeah. Um, 
Max got on the top of my my nomination list just because with them, well, it was announced after I nominated them, but now that they've acquired the A24 deal where they're going to be having all A24 films exclusively streaming, I'm even more happy now about that. But Max never lets me down. And they also have Discovery, the Discovery family now too. So I've got like anything I can really fucking want now on on one fucking streaming service. Yeah, unfortunately we don't have that here. <laughs> I know. It's I I'm just saying they need to get on the ball over there or something or make like a variation of it for y'all cuz I'm living my best life over here and I'm telling you all the time how I'm watching Ghost Adventures and you're just like, "Yeah, go fuck yourself." <laughs> mm, yeah, like like here majority of the H it's not HBO Max anymore. Max Max <laughs> is on binge, so yeah, like we kind of have it, but we kind of have that bastardized version of it. So it's not exactly the same. Yeah, because you've told me that you're like you're. You've told me before that you found things on Disney. The Last of Us, Sopranos, like all of that sort of Max original stuff is on binge here. So that's it's crazy. But then we'll have like Ghost Adventures is on Stan, and some other stuff is on like yeah Netflix. And like, okay, it's just a hodgepodge of bits and pieces everywhere. Yeah, I know. I appreciate that for, at least for me and my viewing pleasure, everything's kind of just like in a one-stop shop for that, that, and I don't have to go hunting for everything. I'm not as big of a fan as Apple TV as you are, but I'm also not an Apple fanboy. So yeah, I gladly canceled that subscription after I watched. There was like a couple good shows on there, but um, nothing that was like making me maintain $10 a month for it. So. Yeah, so I nominated Apple TV Plus because it's, for me, it's not so much a quantity thing. It's a quality thing. Mm-hmm. I've found the shows that they do put out, like they don't put out anywhere near as much as a Netflix, but the shows they do put out are incredibly high quality. Mm-hmm. We've had The Morning Show or Morning Wars, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Monarch is out at the moment. It's also really good. Isn't Ted Lasso a thing? Ted Lasso was on there and it was fantastic. The Silo, that was the other one that I really enjoyed on Apple, just Silo. Silo was incredible. For All Mankind is the, like, alternative history uh, NASA show. It's brilliant. They've got Napoleon is coming as well, Killers of the Flower Moon. The shows and movies they put out are fantastic. It's just nowhere near the quantity that a Netflix does, so I can see why it perhaps doesn't get the praise that those do because it's, it is harder to justify that price when you might only watch one maybe two things in a month yeah for me that's how it kind of worked was just i watched like a few things but there was nothing that like really gripped me to like consistently go back to it but i also i don't know i like the variation and like um the option of just like being able to go on there and find like random shit whereas like it's it is very limited so uh, maybe as they increase their library i'll go back to it later or something yeah, yeah, like if, if you're not going to subscribe like consistently and just watch nearly everything they put out, like I think Apple is one of those ones that like you could probably check in every six months, mm-hmm. binge the back catalogue of stuff that you need to catch up on and then drop off and come back in a, another six months. Yeah. But the winner of the best streaming platform, somewhat of a shock to me, Netflix. Huh. Netflix came in with 50% of the vote. Maybe it's just because it's so diverse. I don't know. I think that's probably what it is. It appeals to a lot of people. There's always something to watch. It's just a matter of how high quality it is. Like we just got through Squid Game. We've got Stranger Things coming. 
there's always like the Beckham documentary, like there's always documentaries and true crime. Like it's becoming less and less value for money as they increase the price. But it's one of those ones where you kind of just need to have it because there's at any point in time, you'll be able to find at least something to throw on to just watch of an evening. Yeah, I will say um, of all the streaming platforms, Netflix does have the best true crime documentaries for me, at least. Um, and I appreciate that because I'm a junkie for that shit. So, And it's the only place I can watch The Great British Bake Off. Um, and I fucking have the biggest love for that show. So don't judge me. You're not good. They also hold they also hold the keys to one of my nominees for best show of the year this year. So, you know, I I appreciate Netflix for their exclusive content. So the next award is Show Me the Money, <laughs> which is the award for the most egregious price hikes, with the nominee being the aforementioned Netflix, Disney Plus, PlayStation Plus, coming in towards the end of the year with like a Hail Mary, let's get ourselves involved in this as well. Mm-hmm. Rental properties got a big one here in Australia. And Spotify also got <laughs> an, a nod as well. <laughs> I See, for me, I can't complain about my Spotify because I pay 12 bucks, I think, for it. But it also includes Hulu with my plan. So it's kind of like I literally pay six bucks for each service at that point is how I look at it. So I, I can't bash on Spotify. PlayStation Plus though is a big one for me. I actually should have probably put it higher on my list because I haven't had PlayStation like Plus in over, like since they switched over to like their tiered system. I haven't gone to it because <laughs> it's just kind of out of my reach right now at this point. But yeah, yeah, Netflix was definitely top on my list just because I know that it's been ridiculous. And the fact that like, they finally caught everybody for sharing their passwords and shit. And so they forced you into having like a secondary like account for extra money per month. Yeah. I think where Netflix gets a lot of the IR is that they're doing lots of incremental increases. Like it feels like every month or every two months, it's like, oh, we're putting up another two or three dollars. Like we're putting it up a little bit more. And I think that is an, that's kind of driving people a bit insane. But some of these other platforms, like, Rental properties, they're just through the roof here in Australia. Just Same here. Ridiculous. Disney and PlayStation, I think where they've really annoyed a lot of people is it was, they haven't increased the price in two or three years. I think PlayStation's actually been closer to like seven or eight. Like it's been yeah the same price forever. And then when they finally did put up their prices, they were big jumps. Mm -hmm. I think Disney was almost... 40 or $50 a year, like as a jump, which is nearly like double their price. And PlayStation was another big increase as well. Like it was like 20 or 30% bump. Yeah, it was, it's nuts. For me, the PlayStation one was that big that I canceled. Yeah. I, like I said, I haven't gone back to it since they introduced the tiers because I just, what they offered on the lowest tier was not what I value like it's, it wasn't worth the value for me and then the the jump between the first tier and the second tier was just way too much for me to actually justify it and i also don't play it as much like mm -hmm. chloe plays it more than i do and she plays fucking genshin so she doesn't even need ps plus to play fucking genshin and like there's nothing that i'm like itching for that i was like oh yeah i could totally get that for free now it's just whatever you know yeah like the free games have like the free monthly yeah. games haven't been like that great, but when they announced the price increase, I sort of had to stop, and it was one of those ones where I was like, if they'd kept the price, I would have just let the yearly subscription roll again, but it was one of those ones where it was that big a jump where I, I stopped and had a little think about it. I was like, how often am I playing this? Mm -hmm. 
is it really necessary? And maybe play like three, four games a year. And it's like the big tempo games, which I would just buy on it, buy them outright anyway. So yeah, what's crazy to me is like, I guess you can't really compare it because it's not apples to apples, but it kind of is. It's like I have Nintendo family subscription and I pay for that every year. And it's like, I think 80 bucks, I want to say, but I can have eight people on my account. Mm-hmm. and we can all share that account and it's perfectly fine whereas like ps plus it's like i don't even know what the fuck it is now but it's not cheap and it's just you and you're still limited unless you get the very top tiered package i never even saw the value in the top tier one other than like you could go back and p- play like the really old games yeah but old game is old yeah but there's still some old games that i really like like i almost knocked out the ps3 the other day just so i could play lollipop chainsaw just wait for the remake because it'll come on the PS5 and I'm limited to a PS4 right now. So, yeah. It sucks for you, then. I don't have, like, a spare $500 just laying around. And I probably wouldn't get to play it anyway. Because my kid would just fucking overtake everything like she always is. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, this one was a, a closely fought contest. Oh, good. With PlayStation Plus eking out the win at 37.5% of the votes. Mm. With Netflix and rental properties coming in. Second with 25% and Disney Plus getting 12.5%. I mean, rental properties are pretty insane. We drove by an apartment complex today and it was a one bedroom, one bath. And they started at like 1980 USD per month. Goddamn. Yeah. One bedroom, one bath, 833 square feet. So it's fucking tiny as shit. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I was just, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it's, it's the same here. The prices are just through the roof and you need somewhere to live, so people are paying it. It's insane. Okay. So our next award, this one was inspired by the a lot of the news that happened this year with the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes. This award is Fuck Your Creativity, We Need Content. <laughs> this one, we didn't open up to the public. This one is purely we're awarding this to these people because of the whole strike situation. And this award goes to the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. And here to accept the award is the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, David Zaslev, because he has been like the face and icon for this whole situation with these uh, film and TV production companies. This just made me smile. Like when this popped up, I was like scrolling and I was just like, what is there's no place for me to like fill anything in on this. And it was like, what, what is this? And you're like, it's a collective thing. We didn't even need to vote on it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, no, they just, they deserve that because of like some of the stuff that they've been trying to pull with firstly the strikes, how they handled the strikes and their strike busting plans and just refusing every little thing every which way until eventually they were like, oh shit, we probably should just relent. Otherwise we're not going to have any content in 2024 and beyond. Yeah. But then also the way they've handled shows that were, and movies that were completed. Mm-hmm. The Batgirl movie is gone. We are never going to see anything from that because Warner can, because they took a tax break and wrote, wrote it off. They can never make money on that. If they make money on that, they then have to go back and pay all those back taxes. So Yeah, that's going to be nuts. That's never going to see the light of day. We've seen shows on Disney Plus that just are gone now. Yeah, it's it's insane. I just, it's crazy. It's fucking wild. It's been a wild fucking year. It sucks so much for all the people that were involved in those shows, either like behind the scenes as 
the cinematographers and stuff, it's like uh, they now just have this hole in their resume of like, oh, what were you doing for the last like two years? Uh, I worked on this show, and they're like, oh, can I see a sizzle reel of it? Uh, no, I, they, it's gone. It's dead. It's insane. Like that is so. It's so sad to think that like these people like took their time and you know effort, and it's fucking nothing. Like they sacrificed family time with their families. You know, time where they could have been putting it towards other things, and they just uh, got fucked. Like one one of the things is the the Mighty Ducks reboot that they did. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of child actors on that show. That this was probably like their first like big break in Hollywood. Yeah. And now they have nothing to show from it. Yeah, it's really sad. And honestly, the show wasn't that great. And I feel really bad for them because it was a great franchise to try and fuck with, but it did not. Yeah, it might not have been great, but it's at least content on Disney+. Plus. Like, just leave it on then at this point. I think that that's probably why Disney's just, like, pushing for, like, or, like, approving any kind of shit thing that comes out now. It's totally just like, oh, yeah, we have content now. Here you go. Yeah, but then they write it off and delete it and blink it out of existence anyway. So. I know. It's like fucking Thanos is just snapping his fingers left and right over here in the movie world. I, I just, I feel bad for all of the, the people involved because, yeah, in this sort of industry, you only have so many movies or so many TV shows yeah. in your career and you've just burnt one on a show that now doesn't exist. Yeah, and for some of those people, they might never, this might have left like a bad taste in their mouth and they might never come back to it in general. They might just be like, this is definitely not not for me. I'm not feeling it. And they could have had a ton of fucking talent. And now they're just like, it's squandered and they have no desire to do it anymore. It's like a similar thing that we've seen in um, gaming this year too. Like some of these games that people have worked on for three, four years, and then they just get blinked out. It's like, you only get so many games in a career. Yeah. You've just wasted one of those on a project that will never see the light of day. It's nuts. It's, it's really sad, honestly. And it's kind of scary as to what's going to happen next year too. Like how many things are going to get like scrapped last minute or whatever, because they just didn't, they can't hold up now. Well, even like Disney, their, their Marvel slate for next year is two things. I think maybe one, it's definitely Deadpool and an echo. I think that's it. Uh, yeah. I was thinking Madam Web, but that's not Disney. That's Sony. So yeah. <laughs> and they're only making that because if they don't make, spider-man projects the license goes back to marvel yeah so they they have to like within set set windows they have like they have to make use the license every time within that window otherwise they lose the license so it's like they're just making shit it doesn't look good making things (laughs) but thankfully the the strikes and everything were all resolved in the, the positive so yeah we can hopefully get back to making good shit and not blinking stuff out of existence yes that would be fantastic. I would love that. <laughs> that kind of feeds into our next award, the ultimate trash fire. Yes. For the worst movie or TV show of 2023. Yes. With the nominees being Black Mirror Season 6, Swarm 65, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, Cocaine Bear. I, I hate that that was nominated. <laughs> Fast X, Secret Wars, and Squid Game The Challenge. <laughs> I loved Cocaine Bear. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, the CG was phenomenal. Yes, it was silly, Like, but you're watching a movie called Cocaine Bear. What'd you expect? Fucking terrible. It's a terrible fucking movie. Like, it's, it's absolutely atrocious. Um, I have a question. This Swarm thing, is that a show? Because I feel like that is a show. 
And I feel like my boss has talked to me about this show and I has suggested that I watch it. So the fact that it made this list is kind of concerning. She said it was very similar to the show that came out years ago called Zoo. And I liked that show. So um, whatever. It's very heavily inspired by Beyonce and like her fans. Oh. And it's about a girl that like is obsessed with a singer in that universe. And goes on like a killing spree and it's oh never mind it wasn't good i did not like it at all never mind totally different kind of show that's not what i thought it was okay then yeah i don't don't care about that i nominated winnie the pooh blood and honey because this is one of the very few movies i've never been able to finish because it was that fucking bad you know me i love horror movies all day long i love grade b horror movies i'll watch them like i watched zombievers and that was better than this winnie the pooh movie yeah whatever don't judge me but um so the fact that i could not even like get past the first 20 minutes of this fucking movie is just it shows me how bad it was and yeah <laughs> no i've got no regrets about putting that on my top of my list <laughs> yeah it was like a totally independent movie so i i never expected anything great out of it i commend them for Having that movie ready to go as soon as Winnie the Pooh hit public domain. Yeah, hundred percent. They were on the ball. They were like, right, this move, this property is gonna be free to to use. How can we fuck with this? this movie made and get it ready to go. So as soon as we can, we can like bang. Here's this movie. And somehow they got like a theatrical release for it. Like, well, well played to them. They they did everything they could to make some money on this and. Uh, I don't know if they did. I don't know. I don't expect much to come out of that, but I feel like it's going to become one of those movies that's like a cult classic later on down the road, um, where it's just so ridiculous that people just have grown to love it, maybe. Yeah, potentially. So they made it on a budget of $100,000. Okay. And got $5.2 million at the box office. So More than well paid off. So that it worked for them. Yeah. It might not have been a good movie. It, it's got an average rating of one star. 1.2 stars or something but they made their money so well done yeah i kind of was disappointed to see 65 made this list because i actually kind of liked that movie it wasn't the best it wasn't the best but it definitely wasn't the fucking worst movie out there this year i don't i like weird fucking kind of sci-fi movies and it was such generic sci-fi though yeah but like adam driver played like a pretty good like dad role almost like he kind of took on a dad role i guess it just did nothing for me it was just dull yeah but um yeah this was another closely fought category with winnie the pooh getting his blood and honey well done to winnie the pooh (laughs) cocaine bear and fast x closely running behind (laughs) terrible fast x was fucking rough too fast x was not good it was it was definitely worse than cocaine bear and you love the fast and furious films that's superheroes in this movie like no yeah so yep that was winnie the pooh blood and honey that gets our ultimate trash fire award. Yes. I love the fact also that I got to help make the title of that award. And I convinced you to put a little fucking raccoon into a dumpster fire because I told you it would not be complete without a raccoon. Good old trash pandas. So bravo. I love my trash pandas. So then from the worst, now jumping right to the other end of the spectrum, our top TV shows and movies of the year. First up, the TV show of the year, with the nominees being The Last of Us, The Bear, The Fall of the House of Usher, Selling Sunset Season 7, What We Do in the Shadows, 
and heels. You don't need to roll your eyes when you're talking about the greatest TV show to come out this year. Just saying. No, no. <laughs> Reality show about selling houses is not the best show. It's not just about selling houses. It's about selling like multi-million dollar houses, plus all the tea and all the fucking ridiculous drama and all the fucking shoes and bags. Like, I live my best life through other people, and I just like looking at ridiculous fashion trends that I could never jump on. But it's fantastic. You're insane. It's fine, because um, I I literally put that on there just because it's, yeah, it's my, it's my guilty pleasure. I love a good fucking reality TV show every now and then. But um, Last of Us takes the cake on every, in every fucking way. <laughs> yeah, so this award was by far and away the most unanimous vote of the lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the winner is The Last of Us getting 75% of the vote. Yes, as it should be. Although the bear was a really good, good close second, I feel. It was second. It wasn't close, but it got 25% of the vote. Oh, well, I mean, it's still a good show. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, I don't really think it can compare. I don't think you really could compare the two shows though anyway, because they're very different shows. I think probably what hurt the bear the most is it was season two. Mm -hmm. So we kind of already knew what to expect. Yes. Whereas The Last of Us was like, oh shit, we can make video game adaptations and make them well. And it was like their debut outing and it was fantastic. Yeah. I think it exceeded everybody's expectations. So I think that's why The Last of Us won. And thankfully they're getting back in onto set to start production for season two shortly. Probably have to wait another year to see season two, but I cannot wait for it. Yeah. I'll be here for it every step of the way. I'll be very excited to see. If they're adapting The Last of Us Part 2, how they adapt that? Do they change the formula? Do they shuffle some certain things around? Because mm. there's a couple of big moments that if they happen in the order that they happen in the TV show, it's like, oh, this drastically changes the direction of the, the story. Yeah, sure. And I mean, not that they're going to do a whole lot with it, but I wonder if they're going to like look at the remastered edition of Last of Us Part 2 coming out. and potentially like looking to see if they could like take any bits and parts of that either and add it in because there's going to be like different things introduced I guess in that I don't think so I think it's just like the extra game mode I don't think they're changing the story at all I don't know I guess we'll see The Last of Us 2023 TV show of the year the commentary booths treat and now the movie of the year yes with the nominees being Oppenheimer Barbie Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse the Whale, Taylor Swift, The Era's Tour, <laughs> The Creator, Suzumi, and Killers of the Flower Moon, which the way Blake nominated that made me look at it and go, what the heck is this? I did that too. I was just like, I don't know what any of that stands for right there. <laughs> I did the same thing. I was like, K-O-T-F-M, what the heck is this? Mm-hmm. So I just Googled K-O-T-F-M and it was like, Killers of the Flower Moon. I was like, oh, that makes oh, sense. Of course. It's like when kids go, it's FNAF. And I, I'm like, what? What's a FNAF? And my daughter goes, Five Nights at Freddy's. I was like, not everything has to have an acronym. Like, yeah, no, at least have an acronym that makes sense. FNAF. No. I suppose t doesn't really make sense. No. So yeah, any of those movies that you wanted to chat about before we unveil the winner? Well, we all know that the queen, Queen T, is going to be taking the cake on that. Uh, gracious lord. So, I'm just kidding. 
But I'm sure if the Swifties got in on the voting, we'd have been absolutely flooded. And it's okay. Um, so yeah, we all know that um, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer probably took the cake on this one. Um, I still have yet to watch it. It is. Uh, I think I have a copy of it with me somewhere, and I just haven't gotten around to watching it. It disgusts me. Fuck you. Whatever. You haven't watched the Eras tour, so you disgust me. Blech. Anyway, um, yeah, I feel like a Bar Barbie Heimer kind of moment is what's going to be circulating this entire year. So I've seen all but two of these movies, Taylor Swift and Suzumi. I have not watched the rest. I have seen. And this was a clear, easy choice for me. Oppenheimer, just a phenomenal movie and a movie that punched me in the chest as I walked out of that cinema. Yeah. Just the, the way that movie makes you feel is just something special. And yet, thankfully, Oppenheimer came out on top with 37.5% of the vote, followed by Spider-Man and Barbie with 25%. And then I'm pretty sure I know who voted for T-Swift. Me, glad and proud. It's cool. It's all good. I kind of forgot to tell people about that, or else I would have had um, a couple more on there and given some of you shits a uh, run for your money, but that's okay. Oppenheimer, like, just watch it. Watch it on as big a TV as you possibly can as well. Don't don't watch this on the back of an airplane seat. Don't watch this on an iPhone via TikTok in eighteen thousand parts. <laughs> just yeah. At least get a laptop, like, at least get, like, a, a decent-sized laptop screen if you're going to try and watch it wonky. I know it was uploaded to Twitter at one point. It's probably been pulled by now, but, yeah, it was, the whole movie was up there at one point. Aye, aye, aye. Just watch it. Get a 4K Blu-ray if you can, because it, it needs it. What the fuck am I going to pull one of those things out of my ass from? Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. Just go to Walmart and buy the 4K Blu-ray, and then there you go. You can watch it. Why do I want to buy something? I'm too lazy to be buying shit. It's Christmas time. I got money to go spend on fucking Christmas presents. What the fuck are you talking <laughs> So Oppenheimer got the commentary booths movie of the year. It is our ultimate treat. That's the inaugural Treats or Trash Awards. Pretty happy with how that went. Some basically everything I thought would win won, except for Apple TV. I'm disappointed. <laughs> and I'm a little bit surprised by Prime Video getting the scrolling award other than that all fairly solid choices and yeah if you haven't watched the last of us if you haven't watched oppenheimer now's the time get on to them please do it it's it's true you're just missing out on shit Alrighty, thank you everyone for listening to the commentary booth if you enjoyed the show please remember to rate review and subscribe on podcast services and on youtube you can follow me on social media at jamie Ups media and at pario magazine and you can follow Karina on Instagram at Miss Karina Renee. The Commentary Booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Pario Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Jamie Apps Media. The following people supported at the community support group level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Blake Robinson, Karina Renee, Courtney Paulson, Darren Hatcliffe, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Epps.